Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the January 19th edition of the PFF Forecast. It is zip division, division, decision, whatever the hell it is. It's decision. It's the division desk. Yeah. <laughs> It is the decision <laughs> desk. Um, we're going to talk about the divisional matchups. We also have a very special target take of the week. And who knows? Maybe I'll spontaneously remember to do a recommendation segment. You just never know what will happen. But it's going to be a great episode. Let's rock. All right, um, we are in this interesting part of the NFL cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've got eight teams left. Yeah, they're playing a game, and every other team is in a totally different world, right? They're in Cabo slash the the draft room, and there are a ton of um, vacancies from a head coaching perspective. There are a ton of GM positions that are open. Um, and then at the same time, it's like, we've got these four really awesome guys. So apparently the target take of the week this week has to do with the former. Yeah. I, I've been asked a few times, like, what do I think about GM candidate A, B, C? And I like, this is just a humble brag. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know this. I came in here context for the listeners. I came in here. And Eric was like, I have I have a great rant for you. And he knows how to get to me, right? Because I hear great rant and immediately, you know, it moves for me. <laughs> and little did I know this was just a humble brag. And like, I have to say, no, because it's not. It's a, it's a humble, humble brag. Okay. The humble squared brag. Uh, yeah. Because like, I got to say, I've met a few of these people who are interviewing. We know, like, for example, Kwesi has been very, uh, Adolfo Mensa has been yeah. very uh, fun to talk to over I'd the years. I'd hire him in a second. I, 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 yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. But the fact is, is like, we, we don't know, like, we know almost nothing about yeah. him. And like, and, and like, you see like ink spilled. Like, I've had to mute so many, like, I, I used to follow these like team accounts to get injury information and stuff for betting and all that. I've had to mute like every freaking one of them because it's like ranking general manager candidates. And it's like, we have a hard enough time in football attributing blame when we have sufficient data on the field for shit, right? Like the idea that like, 
you know, people would, and again, I'm not singling, this is a neutral statement about all of these men and women. The idea that, like, we know about, like, how good Ryan Poles is by, like, the Chiefs drafting or yeah. or, or free agent signing it's is bananas. absurd. It's so bananas. How freaking, like, ridiculous is that? And I, I, again, like, we just have to, like, you have to calm down a little bit. And I, and I also think it's interesting, like, to me, I think we should be taking this time to talk about ideal team building strategies and not people because and again this is a people business but we should be talking about okay should you have a scout in this position should you have an analytics person in this position should you have a cap person in this position what kind of structure should you have do you ask this person hey like you know i've asked this question a lot of people in the league it's like okay how much how much does the general manager's evaluation go into the drafting of a player and some teams will say very little they delegate, which I agree. That's what you should do. You should have decision makers and then you should have evaluators and the decision makers should be the evaluator of the evaluators. But then there's some who are like, yeah, uh, it makes it, it's a huge deal. His evaluation is a huge deal, which to me strikes me as just extremely wasteful. Mm-hmm. Like to me, we shouldn't even be talking about, you know, sort of who's, who's on the block or not. We should be asking who's hiring. What are you looking for? Because to me, that would be a much bigger signal of who's going to do a, do well than any of these candidates. Yeah, and luck. I mean, <laughs> sure, luck and, is a big part of and it. And that's but. one of the really interesting things about, about how people get put into the spotlight, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who, where are all these potential GM candidates coming from? They're, or head coaching candidates. They are people within successful organizations. I really have a hard time believing that the only people that have done good work are the people at organizations that have made the playoffs in the past. Well, yes, exactly. That is fucking bananas. I'm sorry. I apologize for swearing. ah. But like, how absurd is that? You're telling me, you mean to tell me. Now, in fairness, Quezzy is awesome, right? Yeah, sure. uh, We like him. We we like him him a lot. Yeah. as a person. I, as a person, absolutely. Yeah. For me to say that I have any idea how good of a job he's doing or what he's even doing, yeah. and then to say, oh yeah, that makes him the ideal candidate. And the same is true of Ryan Poles, who's been in the news today a bunch. Why are the cans why is Ryan Poles in the news? Ryan Poles is in the news literally because. Patrick Mahomes was drafted by the Chiefs. Yeah, and, and they've now, had they've had good drafts and bad drafts, and I would hate for him to get to not have an opportunity because people are attributing the bad drafts to him. Just the same way that I think it's a little it's a little weird that people are, are attributing all the good success yeah. to him, and and then you know are they not attributing it to other people in that building, et cetera, et cetera? Or and I, I agree with you. I think that there's there's and we know this so. You know, we have context with, within the people in our league through our mm-hmm. B2B stuff and all this stuff. And, like, we know... Well, they're all listeners of the show. And they, and like Shout all, out to all of yeah, you out there. We love, love you guys. But then the thing is, is, again, we have... We, we get an idea. But to me, the more of an idea... Like, every time I sort of peel back the onion a little bit, I get an idea that this person's really good. And maybe he, he or she doesn't have as big of an influence on the situation as I thought. 
-hmm. right? So like we watch a, so the, the funniest one is like sort of, we watch like a team go for it on fourth down. Yeah. And then everybody on Twitter is like, oh, look, you know, this Who, is the, an, this is the, the analytics person. <laughs> this is the influence of so-and-so yeah, yeah, analytics yeah. person. And I'd hate to, for it to be the other side and to have a coach who is not like, for example, there's a, there was a, there's a high profile coach who struggled this weekend making decisions. And I know for a fact- Don't talk about, we said the Kyle Shanahan shade would stop. Yeah, yeah. But there are people, I know for a fact that there are smart people working for his team. I know for a fact. Yeah. And so like, do we, are we, we're not, to me, I think it's like, oh, are we gonna poo poo them? No, it's just, it's the way the organization's structured. It's also yeah. the fact that when the heat is on, these decision makers, they become yeah. evaluators. And that, you know, it, again, it's part of the process that so, I get worried about. So this is interesting. I'm really glad you brought up this topic because one of the things that I am spending the majority of my time, people wonder what we do for our day jobs. Let me tell you what I, I podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you what I've done for like 90% of, of my time over the past however many weeks is think about and or interview and or evaluate the interviews and or talk about potential candidates to hire. And it's such an interesting conversation, right? Because you go, okay, I spent 45 minutes with this person on Zoom. This, I, I talked to another colleague who spent 45 minutes with this person on Zoom. And you go, did you like him? <laughs> you know, and it's, and, and, and it's a fucking crapshoot now. Okay, so then spin that forward. So in my mind, how am I thinking about those candidates? You know what one of the number one things that people look for? They look for where have they worked in the past and do I respect what that company did? Do where, if they're you know younger in their career, where did they go to school? Do I respect that school? Now, I think that's largely gone away, thankfully. And mostly it's about like, what have you done? But it's hard to know what people have done. And so you just default to, did this person work at X company? Yeah. And or more sinisterly, this is why you get, you know, discrimination and things like that. Is the person, does the person remind me of me is oftentimes how this ends well, up happening. Yes. And, and you know, you but have to guard against let's that. Let's assume, but, yeah. like, let's assume good intentions, right? Yeah. Cause like someone that is doing that is an idiot, but like, I notice it even in myself, right? You're looking at the resume, you're trying to validate this person. Yeah. And it's the same thing with teams where look, when I hire somebody, and I introduce them to the company and I introduce them to our team, they're gonna go, okay, well, what's this guy's story? Yeah. And if I go, so-and-so worked here and they go, oh, that's a really successful company. This guy must be legit. Then, because that's the, I need that good faith going forward. Those are the fans. So when an owner goes, I'm gonna introduce this person to my fan base to lead our yeah. team. And they go, the fans are dumb. Yeah. They're gonna be like, Oh, this guy was a part of a team that went six and ten last year. Yeah. You fucking idiot! But the interesting thing is, is like I swore again. Yeah, and and just for and we are hiring as as George said yes. last week. Um, one of the things I, I'm just going to bring this person up. He was on our on our live watch long Monday. It, it's different. Like when I take somebody like Tay Seth to be like an intern, mm -hmm. I've actually seen him do public analytics work. It actually takes some of the uncertainty out when I can just look at him and say, oh here's an example of his work and it's very, he's doing it for himself and it's very concentrated. And obviously, for example, if you want a job at PFF, that probably is the best way to do it. Um, but like the teams by their nature, like you're not seeing the, the your, Ryan Poles is not showing you his work. 
right? You yeah. when when he d- makes his vote for who the Chiefs' number one overall pick is, or number one draft pick is, you don't see that. You just see the end result of Brett Feach's decision or Andy Reid's and, decision. And so again, you're so making- how would you validate that? Because because in I'll tell you what I do. I go and try and find people that can tell me about how that person has worked. Yeah. That that they don't know about, right? It's not the I don't go, hey, give me a list of recommendations. It's a back channel. But isn't that hard to do with teams? Well, it, right, because because the you, mo- because you're competing against them. Right. Well, that's the thing. And like um yeah, there's that and and there's also the the so I think about this way and and you you, you know part of it is also the way that the league is structured too. Right. So like take Eric Bieniemy, the Eric Bieniemy thing for head coach. I know I'm, we're, we're mixing head coach and offensive play call and all that stuff. But Bieniemy is a good example, too, because a lot of people are like, oh, he doesn't call plays. So he right. couldn't be right. a good head coach, even though being a good head coach is is maybe less about being able to call so plays and more. more about being able to lead men. But like why one of the reasons he hasn't gotten an opportunity is because the Chiefs wow. have been playing. Yeah, well, that and <laughs> also the Chiefs Sorry. have been playing into February for the last three years. And so, like, I remember, so, and this is another example of Andy Reid's staff, but when... How do you bring everything fucking back to the No, Chiefs? this is Eagles. So, so when Brad Childress got hired, the Brad Childress, everybody wanted Brad Childress for years, mm-hmm. right? Childress only got his head coaching job because the Eagles, McNabb tore his ACL and the Eagles missed the playoffs. Right. And so he got hired in that window. You, you think about Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy... The year before he became the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, he was the San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and they were one of the worst offenses in football. And again, we, we talk about who he is now, but Mike McCarthy was a pretty good head coach for us for a sequence of time. And like I look at, for example, here's the name that came up, and I, I look back and I'm like, what the hell? This is Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. Now, I look at a lot of KPIs and stuff, and I just think the Eagles defense is, I wouldn't say poorly coached, but unimaginative. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, why would the Houston Texans interview this guy? Why would so-and-so interview this guy? And then I take a step back and I'm like, well, is he going to call plays when he said coach? I don't know. Is he a good motivator? Did he get more out of the – like, do his players like him? Like, there are a number of things that right. go beyond the, the the play calling. And so I take a step back and I'm like, oh, like, let's – you know, I'll, I'll, you know, save my evaluation a little bit for later, I guess. But this whole thing, it's just back to my, my target take of the week, which is we all know a lot less than we think about this whole process right. and the sort of like horse race that it has become this time of year ha- is kind of maddening to me. I agree with you. Uh, can we close out on this rather succinctly, but I would like to know you are hiring a GM. What is, or what are a few of the questions that you would ask either of him or like of someone else to try and identify the right candidate? To me, it's not, it's just one question. How much of your own evaluation are you going to put into your decision-making? And the right answer is almost none. Cause like, I mean, and, and it's just a hard job. Mm-hmm. It, it's, and I, I'll ask the same thing about a head coach. Cause I, I think about, and he's not in the playoffs now. So whatever. So, <clears throat> Because I would, that's, it's interesting in that when you say your own evaluation, do you mean like this GM goes and wa- sits in a dark room and watches film and then comes out? Yeah. Because to me, it's it's fundamentally wasteful for a general manager to 
to employ all these people and to get a, a humongous amount of data, whether you think it's the data we deal with or just right, data. I, right. I mean, information on players and information on free agents. And then to just put your thumb on the scale and be like, no, I actually like it was the Rick Smith thing where he was like, none of my scouts wanted Deshaun Watson, but I did. And it's like, that's not a, I think you, you think you sound smart, but you really don't. You just said you just wasted a ton of, a ton of yeah. capital so, to make a decision you could have just made. I'm going to take it a step further, which is I would ask them to describe how a draft pick is made or a decision is made. Mm -hmm. And my hypothesis, and this may anger some people, is that there's way too much spent on what you're talking about, which is like getting 45 different opinions that ultimately no one really weighs that much. I want someone to describe to me an evaluation process that actually makes sense. And that to me is where the general manager is valuable in saying, let's come together and let's identify the right process to try and pick the right player. Yeah, and I'm going to work with it. So I don't want the GM going off into a into a room and evaluating himself. I want him working with those teams that are tasked with identifying the right candidates based on the right metrics. Yeah, and that's what I'd want to hear from a GM. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like the 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 prob the the problem is is building the infrastructure to get you to the decision. Yeah. You you should not be somebody who is building an evaluate one of those intermediate evaluations in machine learning you would say you are the i mean you're the prediction you're not the you're not the features yep right like you know that that's and you shouldn't be tasked with building one of the features because you are also you know there's leakage there right and 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 i think it's ultimately not it's ultimately not healthy either, right? Because you need to have a process level view as a as a decision maker in the NFL. And if you're too personally attached to your decisions, then you are going to be bad at process level thinking. And so to me, I think that that's, you know, why you have to have it like this. And I think at head coach, it's a little harder because the decisions you make are more snap judgment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I look at John Harbaugh and the fact that he has Daniel Stern on the sideline telling him, you know, what the math says for every fourth down, like that's probably how it should be because John Harbaugh is, you know, not going to be able to compute the probabilities in his head, you know, and, and he maybe doesn't have the intuition there. If you delegate that, then you're better off at, you know, you're better at, yeah. at making decisions than having to spend time evaluating before you make the decision. By the way, you mentioned we are hiring. If you are a data scientist, if you are a UI UX designer, if you are a UX researcher, if you're an engineer, front end, back end, if you love football, um, well, loving football is probably this, the least important of all of the things, but if you love football and you are one of those, um, or you're a great uh, product manager or program manager, any of those things, um, let us know. Uh, go to pff.com slash jobs and uh, you can apply or you can reply in the... Um, uh, to the Twitter post uh, of the podcast or whatever the hell it makes the most sense to you. But we'd love to hear from you and love for you to apply. Also, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription. That's both the Edge subscription, which costs just $40 for an entire year. That gives you all of the draft guides plus all of the great premium content at PFF. Promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T gets you 25% off. If you want all of the betting tools, all of the betting dashboards, 
player props tool, the best bets tool, um, including all of the great stuff with the Edge subscription. You need an elite subscription, but you can get it for 25% off. So go use that pro promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. Uh, also, if you're going to bet on the games, we're going to talk about how we would bet on all of these games. You should go to DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Huge odds boost for new customers. Here's how it works. Use promo code PFF. And then new customers, when you sign up with that promo code, get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $258 in free bets if you win. So you can pick, uh, it's getting a little tricky, but you know, I don't know, maybe you pick the Packers, they have a big spread this week. And then let it ride. And with that promo code, get all of those free bets at DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, you must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers are the only ones that are eligible. It's a minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required, one per customer. Search and supply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. All right, let's get into this. We've got two games Saturday and two games Sunday. Let's go in order. 4.30 on Saturday. Our Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Nashville, Tennessee. Spread on this game, Tennessee minus three and a half. Bachelorette capital of the world. Yeah, it is. Uh, a little cold this time of year for a bachelorette, but you know you can make things happen. Total of 47. Give a little context to these teams. Tennessee Titans, seventh in our power ranking. Cincinnati Bengals are 10th. Each has a top five ranked offense in our opponent adjusted rankings, which I think a lot of people would be surprised by because they think the Titans have, you know, without Derrick Henry, can't do anything. Joe Burrow, the better graded quarterback, 92.4 PFF grade compared to Ryan Tannehill's 83.6. Your thoughts? Yeah, this is, this is basically, I, I think this game comes down to two things, right? Comes down to how you think the Tennessee Titans attack the Bengals sort of injured front four, right? Mm -hmm. Larry Ogunjobi went out. Uh, against the Raiders, they also have DJ Reader, who I believe is is banged up, if not out already. Um, Titans get Henry back; they get you know they're going to try to run the football, you mm -hmm. know, in this mm -hmm. game. Um, and I think you know when this opened at three, a lot of people were like, "Wait, that's not enough, right?" Tennessee's mm -hmm. coming off a bye. Um, you know, Cincinnati's coming off an emotional win; they've never had one before. And as much as Joe Burrow, you know, is a um, you know, very, uh, uh, what is it? Encouraging as far, or, you know, uh, as far as like, Hey, this is just one game. Um, you know, there's going to be probably a little bit of a letdown. Um, but then I come back and say, okay, so that's an advantage for the Tennessee Titans, but the advantage for Cincinnati is, you know, Jack rabbit Jenkins is, you know, is coming back, but he's a little bit banged up. They don't have Caleb Farley. haven't had him for a while. The secondary yeah. for the Titans is Kevin Byard. And, you know, a, a, a bunch of corners you, you don't really want to buy into. And the Bengals, Joe Burrow's playing as, as well as any quarterback in the NFL right now. And, um, you know, and those receivers uh, can really make a defense look bad. Um, so those are the two competing factors in this game. DJ Reader, by the way, not on the injury report. Oh, so is he... Not on the injury report. Yeah, he so might be on... I, I, so I, I kept hearing his name in reports and stuff. Weather so, in this game is going to be 35 degrees, three mile per hour winds, clear skies. So essentially the same set of conditions that the Bengals just played in. How much weight are you giving the teams that had the bye? What is that worth to you? Is that a point? Is that a half point? 
I think it's a little bit more for Green Bay than it is for Tennessee because of how uh, strenuous the the Niners. Yeah, the uh, yeah DJ Reader's gonna be fine. Um, well, no, it's the Cincinnati and Tennessee are sort of in the same geographical region, right? Um, there's research, uh, you know, that if you are in a warmer climate is your ambient state and you go and play in a place like Green Bay, it affects you worse. And we talked about this on mm-hmm. Sunday with the thumb with Garoppolo and the shoulder. Yeah. And the shoulder and stuff like that as well. Le- you know, I, I think that the buy is going to help Tennessee here by maybe a point. Okay. Whereas I think it's more like a point and a half, be- you know, San Francisco for one is playing Saturday after mm-hmm. a Sunday, mm-hmm. whereas That's here true. it's Saturday to Saturday. And, you know, and Tennessee doesn't have the biggest home field advantage. It, you know, it doesn't have as good of a home field advantage, for example, as Green Bay, um, I would I would posit. So, um, to me, that's, you know, and then, so you look at our power rankings, you know, pff.com backslash uh, betting backslash power rankings. Um, you know, we would make, you know, Tennessee on a neutral about a half a point better, right? So, you add to that the point there. And then, so that's one and a half points. Then you're saying home field advantage is two and crossing three to get there, to get to three and a half. I think it's a bit much. I, I, I was saying no, sir. No, sir. Bob. I mean, Joe Burrow to me right now is. By the way, the PFF power rankings tool available with an edge subscription, I might add. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow is the quarterback that I feel the most comfortable Right, I, I I feel very comfortable on him this weekend. Just like I know, I think I know what I'm going to get against the Tennessee defense. I don't think Tennessee's going to force a ton of turnovers on him. I, I think he's going to, you know, he's not necessarily going to put up the greatest numbers because Zach Taylor likes to limit him a little bit too much for my liking. But I think his distribution is relatively narrow, especially considering he's just a second-year player. I think he's yeah. going to play well. As an underdog, I do think that... Uh, well, as an underdog, the game script will favor him throwing more, which is a positive. I actually, I, I do, if I were going to bet this game, I would bet Cincinnati plus three and a half. Um, but I, I actually think that the over 47 is where I would go. And, and one of the reasons I would go there is, look, the Bengals have a tremendous receiving core. They, they are in a situation where they are losing, they can put up points. But they also have, as you mentioned, a little bit of a banged up front. And A.J. Brown is a guy that, with when fully rested, ain't nobody stopping A.J. Brown. And, uh, you know, you've got Julio Jones there as well. And Ryan Tanhill, people look at his box score stats and they go, this guy sucked. And he's a better player than that. So over 47 is my favorite. Um, well, so here. here's, the, here's the issue I have with the Titans and overs, though, right? Like, I saw, you know, we saw week 18 with Houston. That game went over. Some of the games, though, are like that 49ers game, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just it's a grind. that offense is a freaking grind. And mm-hmm. I get that Henry's coming back, but, like, do they lean too much on him? Does it become too much of a slog? Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe. I, I just – I like, yeah, I agree with you that both offenses are better. The weather shouldn't be too bad. It looks like about 40 with no wind, really. Um, I can get on board with that. <sighs> I, I still like I like the Bengals better than I like the the over, the but just because that's just because I actually think the Bengals like obviously the defensive line's an issue, linebacker mm-hmm. level is not great. I think their secondary is fine. I actually think their secondary will match up okay in this game. Um, Joe Burrow also the better quarterback getting points in that game. We move now 
to Saturday night. Finally. Finally. Troy Aikman. It's to six now. Troy Troy Aikman gets his wish. He gets to watch the 40. He gets to call the 49ers game, which is uh, what, what he wanted, wanted last all, week. All yeah. along, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is now By the six. Way, people hated our my take that Buck was Buck and Aikman was better than. Yeah, but that just means you're right. I know. If you don't get a preponderance of people on Twitter saying you're wrong, then you aren't right. The uh, so everything that I have. Tr- gleaned is that fred warner with a low ankle sprain is going to play that fact that it's a low ankle sprain whether you believe that it's truly that or not is a big deal if it was a high ankle sprain he was trying to play through that may god bless you you're screwed so if you were thinking he's going to be 60 percent, maybe now he's like 85 percent. nick bosa he has to get cleared through the niners protocol and then cleared by an individual uh, evaluator I am going to go out on a limb and say that he gets cleared. So you have those two players playing. To me, the question is, do you believe that Jimmy Garoppolo has a hurt shoulder? Because if Jimmy Garoppolo has a hurt shoulder and they go into this game and they go, we're going to throw the ball five times to Jimmy G. It's over. It's over. It is, it is and over. And by the way, this is a team in early down pass rates, the second lowest early down pass rate behind Tennessee. Tennessee runs the ball more than and, and the Niners run the ball more than they pass it on early downs in in early games, yeah. in early part of games, and um, they're, and they're playing a Packers team that is first in our offensive power rating. What's interesting is that um, the the Packers also average, which this is one of my favorite stats of the week. The Packers actually are more efficient running the ball than the Niners, and I'm sure people would find would yes be completely like just startled by that and. You know, I'm sure they're going to put uh, my hypothesis is that this is going to be a Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Shanahan. Like they're going to come around the campfire. Mm-hmm. They're going to smoke the stuff that makes you yeah. imagine beautiful things. And then they're going to go, everything they've ever dreamt is going to show up in this game because they can't win this if they go, Jimmy G's going to line up. We're going to run a couple of basic run schemes, and then Jimmy's going to deliver some throws. 49ers this year lead the league on early downs. Sorry, it's not even early downs. It's just every play. Um, in plays that we have marked trick or trick look, 18.1%. Second in the NFL is the Los Angeles Rams. Um, interestingly, Tampa Bay's last. Um, Brady doesn't want any of that smoke doesn't around need when, that he, shit. When, he, when he gets around. Um, San Francisco, interestingly, <clears throat> when you look at it, uh, like I said, second lowest Uh, early down pass rate but they are not among one of the teams that has so like for example chiefs and bucks are the top two in terms of early down pass Mm -hmm. rate um but when you look at for example their you know the box counts faced you know kansas city faces the lightest box in the league the niners have one of the heaviest you know run run you know schemes in the league but they don't face one of the top box counts in the league, which means whatever they're doing is forcing other teams to be a little passive in their run game. What it is, is that they run motion more than any other team. And so they are moving people all over the place. If you think that the Niners cover this game, the reason you do is that you believe that Kyle Shanahan is going to be... So a couple weeks ago, he drove Sean McVay to the stadium, right? as his dad he legal guardian he had to drive him the same in this game what you believe is that kyle shanahan is actually up 
he's not on the field for this game. He's he's up at the top of the stadium, and he's got um, magical. Uh, he's got puppet strings on the defenders uh, of the Packers, and he's just moving them into the wrong gap every time. And we've seen him doing that. We've seen him do that before. We have seen him do that before. Here's my issue, and here's why. Even at six, I just can't. I can't get there with the Niners. I can't. Yeah. And the biggest, the, the biggest thing is this: the biggest mismatch in this game, and it may be the biggest mismatch in the entire playoffs left, is Devonte Adams versus Ambry Thomas or Emmanuel Mosley or whoever the freaking hell you put on him. In that week three matchup, he had 18 targets. 52% of the targets went to Devontae Adams. And guess what? They couldn't stop him. 140 yards or something like that. On that last drive, he totally took over. That I just can't get away from the image of that working all the time. And if there is... The other thing is, with Bosa, because it's a Saturday game, the chances of him not getting cleared are higher. And for the Niners, that's their biggest mismatch. Is Nick Bosa just destroying Billy Turner... And there's a chance that's not uh, as effective. So yeah. the spread in this one, as much as I wanted to like the Niners plus six, I, I just, it's it's tough. And I don't know if I could play the spread either way. I have I have a couple positions on this game. We had the minus four and a half. Actually, we printed five and a half with Green Bay the Monday, yeah. Monday morning. I did take some Niners plus six and a half. Uh, just to kind of get off this game because I I just don't the thing the thing I think Lafleur is a great coach mm -hmm. I don't he might not necessarily be as good as Shanahan in the minds of many or whatever but to me there's that there's also the fact that Rodgers you know has the yeah. you know San Francisco California history he's also got the fact that like he could have been the guy for the Niners like all this kind of stuff I just think Rodgers especially in this game it just feels like a game Rodgers throws five touchdowns in and then he melts down in the NFC title game against yeah. whoever they play but like but this game feels like the game that he's just gonna punch the hell out of the team in I front of him and if you I'm gonna steal your line from last week and it worked well last week if you believe that Jimmy G is healthy enough to keep this game within six, bet the Niners to win. Yeah, bet the Niners to win. Because if that's the case, then Kyle Shanahan's wizardry could really work. And yeah. it could be a really close game down to the end, and the Niners have a chance to win, and you'd rather have a plus 210 ticket at that point. I anyway. was describing Jimmy G to a friend today. I was saying... Um, Handsome? Well, of course. But, yeah. like, but I was also... so. Jimmy G, everybody talks about how much better Shanahan would do with like a Cousins or a car yeah. or whatever the hell. And I actually disagree. Oh, God. Here's my point about but Jimmy G. I did G. not sign up for this. Jimmy G throws, throws what Kyle Shanahan calls. He, he reads what's on the teleprompter. He, he's Ron Burgundy. And like that, le and because he's not like a perfect quarterback, that's why you see interceptions. That's why you see the throw to Ayuk. But you know what Jimmy G doesn't do that I actually find endearing? He doesn't he doesn't need eight, want to. He doesn't check bullshit down. Jimmy, and so this is my case for the Niners. If Kyle calls a brilliant game, Jimmy's gonna throw it. And the and the question is Is he it, capable of is it? Is he capable of yeah. it? Because I agree. If Jimmy's healthy, if you know by the way, if you're out there, we have a lot of of uh, listeners in San Francisco Bay Area, if you find out, can you let me know yeah, if Jimmy's right. healthy? But you know what I mean. And like then, if, if Derek Carr's in this offense, I think 
please no. I, I, <laughs> you please, know, please. He's going to check it down on third and long, right? I, okay. You know, what, you know what Jimmy G does do? Oh, a manscape, I would imagine. <laughs> you're good. You're too good now. You know where I'm going with that. But I thought that was a nice little lead there, you know, a little tie-in. You really G, led in with that. Jimmy G is not going out of his home without looking fantastic all over. And that means that I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing a man that handsome is someone that uses the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. Use promo code PFF at manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping any order including the performance package 4.0 which includes the ultra premium body wash again i haven't used it yet i'll let you know when i do i'm just gonna stop talking about it what i do use is the lawnmower 4.0 just like jimmy g keeps you feeling good looking good and if your shoulder works playing well as well so use promo code pff go get yourself cleaned I up believe, i can't believe you pro jimmy g up in the office mm -hmm. back before renovations four yep. years ago yeah praising calling him the, the second stone coming that, the stone that was rejected became yep. the cornerstone yep and i tried to flatter jimmy g because look like the stats aren't good no. right like no. he, well his epa and stuff is good but the underlying stuff is not good we don't think jimmy's a great quarter no. but but i to me i want to explain why they get production out of him because they do get he's second in yards per attempt he's like third in the epa cpoe composite the the re the reason is is Jimmy Reeds was on the teleprompter. Whereas whereas Kirk Carr, Kirk Carr I'm going to call that, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, those guys, like Reed was, and they're like, I, I can't swear. You know, like, and, and they, so they check it down. The problem, the problem is, is that Jimmy G makes one heinous throw yeah, of every single game. But that's just, but that's just you and I golfing. Right. right? Like, cause but, we but, can't hit it straight. But that's consistently. I mean, but here's the thing. That Jimmy G, if Jimmy G were like a fourth round pick who stayed with the Patriots and was playing for the Patriots right now, they'd be like, great. But the fact that he was mm -hmm. the chip that could not be moved for Tom Brady, it puts a little different lens on it. By the way, my official stance on Jimmy G is this. Jimmy G is one of my favorite people in the NFL. <laughs> that does not mean I have to like him as a quarterback. Okay. A lot of respect for Jimmy G. Um, <laughs> let's go to Sunday. Sunday, the final uh, Sunday night NBC game before the Super Bowl, which will be on NBC, in case you didn't know, on uh, February 13th. Rams-Bucks, a rematch of a week three game, again, uh, where the Bucks lost 34-24. Um, it was an interesting game in that the Bucks lost Jamel Dean in that game. Um and also did not have Antonio Brown, who they will not have here. They will also not have Chris Goblin, who played in that game and actually went five for five against Jalen Ramsey. At one of the better performances against Ramsey that we have seen um, will not be playing in this game. The total on, uh, sorry, the spread on this game is Tampa Bay minus three. It very, it's going to get to two and a half. It's going to be two and a half. Um, total 48 and a half. This is interesting. I, I, again, looking at some of the data, I thought this was this stuck out to me. In our opponent-adjusted um, power rankings, the Rams are 11th in offense, and the Bucks are second. Tom Brady, even though I think people look at it and go, Matt Stafford's had just as good of a year, Tom Brady has a nearly 10-point advantage on him from a grading perspective. 
I am waiting until this gets to two and a half. But if it's two and a half, that's the play. I told, I told, and again, people, people remember when you talk shit about their team because like people, they would have got nothing else. All up in my business about the Rams beating the Cardinals. I hope you use Manscaped. Yeah. Well, the the, the ball deodorant is is big. You know, mm, very. Important. I'm actually very like thoughtful when they're all up in, and I yeah, you know, very thoughtful. Um, thought leader, thought leader. But what what's happening here with this line? I know I got it wrong. On sun, like yes. Monday morning, like yeah. egregiously, so. egregiously wrong. But at the same time, like so, Tristan Wirfs is out, right? Mm -hmm. Or Tristan Wirfs is injured. He might play, right? He, he might play, and I think Whitworth also might play. But it, both are questionable. Both are questionable, and both players are extremely good, mm -hmm. right? I, I feel like everybody's rushing to the Whit to the Wirfs thing when they should be focused on the Whitworth thing. Right, we've we've seen. Yeah. Okay. Yes and no, though, because we actually saw Von Miller look like an NFL player of late, and that is a Von Miller ninety PFF grade Von Miller. It against even Tristan Wurst at like eighty percent. That worries me. Yeah, but have we? So here's my here's my my broad take. I'll get through it quickly. I think that Tom Brady in a game when a guy gets hurt is not going to be as effective at mitigating pressure and things like that as Tom Brady with a week to prepare sure. for a weaker offensive line mm -hmm. and knowing full well it, this it doesn't get by us it doesn't get by Brady right like this thing it, you know Tom Brady knows who he's up against the the history of the Rams struggles on offense with McVay have always been because the offensive line stopped performing well right Correct. and that was 2019 that was 2020 to a lesser mm -hmm. extent and no boom at left tackle is just like the, you know, because, because look, I do agree that the Rams defensive components are better, mm -hmm. but like when you go with Joe Tryon, Shoynika, uh, you know, you have Jason Pierre-Paul, you have Vita Vea, and you have uh, Shaq Barrett, like that's no joke, no. right? And when you take away the best offensive lineman from that group, again, we're talking about what happened in the Super Bowl last year, right? And I think people are always pricing in. You know, the Bucks are without their number two receiver. Well, so are the Rams, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the Bucks have injuries in the secondary. Jordan Fuller's hurt, right? And they're and they're playing Eric Weddle back there. Yeah. Right. And, and so again, I think my reasoning going back to week three was you know, Tampa Bay is a one and a half point favorite in that game. And obviously we've gotten to see the whole season play out. But like as of week three. I mean, I guess Stafford had kind of a bad game against the Colts in week two, but for the most part, like the shine was still on Stafford yeah. in LA. We we know what his issues are. And they they I'm not gonna ding his performance against Arizona, but they kind of hit him a little bit, right? Like they ran the football. And running the football, by the way, is not gonna be as easy this week against Vita Bay and those guys. Very so much like so. Stafford is going to have to throw. And I know Cooper Cup is great, and you know, and I know Odell Buckham Jr. has added stuff for that team. But are we? I, I it doesn't add up to me. I I think the Bucks are the side here, and I think we're just bored. I think we're bored with Tom Brady, and that and that's why the market this, is. This is my take as well. Yeah. We are underestimating how freaking good Tom Brady is, and I can't believe it. I I feel like such a loser even saying that. But it, it's interesting that the Rams' offensive line does not have a player with a PFF grade below. 69 pretty impressive and uh whitworth is their highest graded he is 
a their um their highest graded uh, offensive lineman, but also 85 PFF grade at left tackle. That's that's important, uh, as you mentioned. But you look at the the Rams defense, and everyone gets excited about them. The Bucks defense is also very sound, especially on the backside. And this game is going to be played in Tampa Bay, not in Los Angeles, at noon West Coast time. And um, yeah, I think we're underestimating Tom Brady here. So I'm waiting for it to get to two and a half. And when it's two and a half, I am betting. Apparently, so what has happened to the to the weather in this game? So Tampa Bay, because like our our model has shifted a little bit. I think part of it's the Whitworth injury, where it became a little bit apparent in, in some of our feeds that he was not yeah, necessarily so 58, 14 mile per hour. Wins. Yeah, I mean, so that's an issue. Like, so I I don't know if I have an opinion on the total. I think this is a game where you know forty and a half is probably right. Um, we do show a small edge on the under, but um, okay. Before we get to the best game of the weekend, I was going to say second best, but I'll give it to you. It's the best game of the weekend. Um, if you want to prepare yourself the best way possible for the big game on February 13th, you should go to westernsouthern.com feast because there you can enter to win a $2,500 ultimate feast brought to you by Western Southern, our financial advisors. And the way you do that is by going to that address, westernsouthern.com slash feast, and asking Chris Collinsworth a question. You can ask him anything you need to know about your financial future. You can ask him about the booth on Sunday Night Football, whatever the hell it is. And when you do, you are entered for a chance to win that catered feast. So go to westernsouthern.com slash feast. Go check out Chris's podcast on YouTube, and you will be able to see if your question gets answered while also potentially making your I was going to say the words. I can't legally say them. Your big game, really, really special. Speaking of big game. Buffalo, Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs are, for the first time in the Patrick Mahomes playoff era, less than a two-and-a-half point favorite. Mm. They're yeah, a one-and-a-half point favorite. Right. Um, to the Bills at home, the Bills beat the brakes off of the Chiefs in week five, 38 to 20. Now, that was an interesting point in the Chiefs season. They lost to the Bills. Um, they lost to the Titans 27 to three just a couple weeks later. They beat the Giants by three points in week eight, which was... Well, and then, they, and then the next week they barely beat the Packers with Jordan Love. Yep. And then, you yeah. know, yeah, it was... It was so it's an rough, interesting it was time. part of the journey. Yeah, an interesting time, the, the, the season here. 54.5 uh, is the total. Okay, here's what I'm going to ask. First thing. What's the difference of quarterback in this game? Points wise. Half a point. Mahomes. Mahomes. But you're giving Mahomes the edge here. <laughs> he has graded worse than Josh Allen this year. Why are you giving him the edge in this game? Because uh, if you take the average of the last, you know, since those two started starting games, like Mahomes is much better. Even if you look at um, the last two years, it's closer. But also, I mean, both guys statistically have regressed this year. Like that's you know, there's no mistake about it. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's just about priors for me. I mean, Mahomes is the best player in the league in my opinion, and I think if you add up war, actually Tom Brady eclipsed him. But if you look since they both start you know started starting games, Mahomes is the second most valuable player in football. 
and you know, I think that 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 Cohen, that that jives right. I mean, mm-hmm. Mahomes is probably the second best player in the NFL behind Brady. He's <laughs> old as Brady is. Um, the I've been saying this this week. I do think that if Buffalo plays their best game and the Chiefs play their best game, Buffalo wins this game. Because I think Buffalo's defense is something like 12 touchdowns and 19 interceptions in the regular season. Like less, it was like some absurd yards per attempt amount. Their defense is great. And when you look at, you know, their top five, so this is this is the matchup I want uh, people to see. So the Kansas City Chiefs um, are the only team in the NFL who have a t- contested target rate of under 10%. So when Mahomes throws the ball, Chiefs receivers are contested less than 10% of the time. Buffalo contests 18.5% uh, of opposing throws. By the way, your 49ers, fourth at 18.8. So the, of course. the Buffalo Bills are fifth best at contesting uh, targets. Um, that that to me is the, is the real thing. You know, Tredavious White's out. You know, the Bills have done a masterful job at times. Uh, you know, they run that zone. Mm-hmm. White takes one side. Some schmuck like Josh Norman or Bonte Davis or yeah. Levi Wallace takes the other side. And now, and including last game between the two, and now you have kind of two corners that are kind of suspect, right? I think if both teams play their average game, the Chiefs win. Like that's the difference in this game. I think, I think Mahomes's average water level is better than Josh Allen's, but I could be convinced that when Buffalo puts it all together, there's not a better team in the NFL. <sighs> I don't want to be this guy. But can we not overreact to the Bills beating? Well, we've been doing that all year, though. We've been saying we've been saying that, though, right? We've been looking like our our thesis this year has been when when the when the Bills lose to the Jags, we all dismiss it, Mm -hmm. and then when they beat a team, teams breaks off like they did last week. Like, oh, that's who that team is. They Mm -hmm. fulfilled their destiny, right? And we forget that the Bills were trailing at home to the Falcons in Week Seventeen. They were up only 13 to 10 to the Jets in week eight. That's my point. I'm like, I like I said, I think the Bills average game is worse than the Chiefs average game. Yeah. I just think when they when they put it all together, when you look at what Buffalo's put together, right? Hyde, Poyer, um, you know, a defensive front that there's no brilliant player there, but they're all good. Mm-hmm. Linebacker level's okay. And then, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, Diggs, Knox, uh, uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, and an offensive line that's average. And then Devin Singletary has added something in the in the last few weeks. Like, whereas the Chiefs are very concentrated, right? They're they're concentrated on an offensive line that's pretty good. Mahomes, who's great, Kelsey and Hill, and then praying for rain with uh, yeah. Hardman and Pringle and those guys. I will say this. I If I had to bet one side of this, I would certainly bet Kansas City minus point and a half. But I, so total 54 and a half, but I would, our models would lean under there. I just don't see Buffalo getting blown out in this game. That's something I do not see. Yeah. Somebody asked me a good question. I think it was our friend Seren Petro. By the way, um, we, you know, so last week we did the, the live watch along San Francisco, Dallas, also Arizona, LA. We are doing the live watch along during Buffalo. Oh, no. San Fran, or Buffalo, sorry, and Kansas City. Wow. I hope that we can get George to call in now that we have that capability. Let's do it. Here's okay. an interesting thing. Over the last, and this, this is largely because the Bills are always ahead. Mm-hmm. 
And there are games like the Tampa Bay game. Josh Allen has two fourth quarter comebacks the last two years. Again, most of that is because the Bills are always ahead. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we've seen, you know, the two times the Chiefs have beaten Buffalo in the last calendar year plus, it was Chiefs get out ahead. Josh Allen struggled to come back. He was under seven yards of pass attempt in both of those games. Now, I, I, you know, I don't think our listeners are smart enough. You don't have to say, okay, what happened in week five is not exactly going to happen in week, you know, uh, 19 here or eight or 20 here. But, but I'll just say the Chiefs were without Trevorius Ward. They were without Chris Jones. Yep. They were without Melvin Ingram. Um, yes. Daniel Sorensen was starting over it, Juan Thornhill. It is, it is like, a totally different a totally team. different game. It's a totally different team. I'm glad you brought that point. That was something that I actually had in my notes and just forgot. Like, that was what that that the the combination of we just watched buffalo have the most impressive performance it was against the patriots let's maybe not give let's give them all the credit for the performance let's not assume that that's sustainable like josh allen was throwing the ball away on that first drive that turned into a touchdown mm-hmm. like that's all you need to know about that game this is not at home in those conditions this is in kansas city against a team that's dramatically different than the team that you beat the brakes off of and everyone is betting on the bills, 80% of the cash on the bills. So the people that matter are putting their money on the bills. Um, I love nothing more than fading the sharps in spots like this, but I do like the bills as a teaser leg. If I had to bet one side of this, I'd bet Kansas city. Um, I, I and, yeah, the and, teaser and, leg is tough because of the total, but the total has gone down yeah. at least a half a point recently. And here's the, another bet that I love in this revenge game. Is Patrick Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns, uh, plus one twelve? Go check out the PFF Best Bets tool, and you can. Uh, uh, yeah, so profit. that's kind of where I I want to talk to because let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Honesty is good, as is humility. <laughs> I I don't think you're like so again. Sides and totals in NFL are tough to beat, and I think especially when there's only four and especially when we know this much about every team blah 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 isn't isn't the pick of the week pretty easy isn't it just pat two and because like because i'm here for pat i am because he like and 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 again none of these things matter that you know i when people say things like this again like they're just trying to have fun we're just, you know just trying to have fun as far as with narratives and stuff Pat's only two postseason losses in his career were Tom Brady teams. Like this, like Pat, I, how ornery was Pat in the second quarter of that Steelers game? Cause I bet over two. So like, this is, this is my, my journey. Hmm. I I was up a little bit last week. So going into Sunday football, I said, okay, I'm going to bet. I'm going to be fun. I'm going to bet Chiefs minus seven and a half first half. I'm going to bet Chiefs over 14 and a half first half. I'm going to bet Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns. That did well. Six minutes left in the first half. Steelers are up 7 nothing. Though all those bets are dead. Mm-hmm, except mm-hmm. for maybe the Pat touchdown one. But those first half bets are yep. donezo. All done. And they scored... Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns in 10 minutes of NFL, of game time. And those 10 minutes included the Pittsburgh Steelers having the ball four times. Yeah, that's good. Well, I mean, the Steelers suck. Um, yes, I agree with you. I, I, also, <laughs> I also love TB12 over two and a half at plus one. 44 um but i'm here to rock with you on mahomes let's get it um 
I'm also out of I'm also out of pure um, love for the game to make Kirk Herbstreit happy. I'm betting every game this week. I, I just am. I fucking love the divisional round. Yeah, of course. It's the best round of the season. It is so great. So I'm betting them all. And I'm going to bet all the props as well. Don't you, don't you think you're, just to briefly, especially in the AFC, this is the two best teams, right? The market the market has spoken. The Bills yeah. and the Chiefs, even though they literally face each other this week, and one has to be eliminated, are the two favorites in the AFC. Yeah. This is the AFC championship. One game. of these teams could be winning by 20 next week. You know, even though yeah. we did, yeah, we saw the Bengals beat the Chiefs. I know, I get it. Shit changes. Yeah, yeah. Like that happens. Also, Ron Torbert is not going to be able to call every single. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the NFC, oh my God, I, we could do a whole other podcast on like the combination of matchups there. Mm-hmm. Like, first off, if if the Rams win. The Niners have a path to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and it goes through so far. <laughs> I'm just saying. Dude, that's how, the so case. If the Niners win Saturday. If the you're, Niners, you're a, you're if the Niners win Saturday. That's that's maybe why Tom Brady yeah. over two and a half can't be the lock of the week. Because if the Niners win Saturday, I'm going to dress up as a, a Ram. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be part of the Ram Elite. Yeah, exactly. We are Ram Elite. That's our podcast. We love you. Thanks for hanging out. See you Sunday night.